0: You are Locked On NFL, your daily NFL podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: All right, folks, it's a Wednesday edition of Locked On NFL. I am Tony Wiggins, along with my partner in crime, James Rapine, riding shotgun, A lot to get to today. And, uh, James, what's going on with you? What's up, Tony? A lot to get to is right from uh,
0: coaching searches. We're in two cities that could be looking for new head coaches this offseason. Some hot names we'll get into. Plus, man, oh, man, contenders and pretenders. There are some pretenders, including – Someone I want to get to, someone I love, my man in Tampa Bay, so we'll get to him as well. (laughs) But this episode is brought to you by 1010. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 one-of-a-kind engagement rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today using only diamonds responsibly and sustainably sourced from Botswana. 10 design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful diamond ring launching exclusively on January 18th at BlueNile.com. This exciting limited edition collection of Diamond Engagement Rings launches on January 18th, and you can preview it exclusively at BlueNile.com.
1: Awesome, man. Sounds like awesome. Everybody better jump on that because once they're gone, they're gone, right? Ten.
0: That's it. One of a kind. There's ten of them. And, yeah, you're right. Once they're gone, they're gone. So go there right now.
1: Awesome. Let's jump right into it. You said coaches – we live in cities where coaches could get fired. No, Will. Jacksonville fans want to say will not could brother that Doug Marone will be out of here. They're one and 12. You know, Adam Schefter had a report in pregame that that there was a groundswell, and I'm being facetious here, but there was a groundswell of support coming from around the league that because the Jaguars had played well, that Doug Marone might be getting some support to stay here. And then Derek Henry goes out and trucks them for 200 yards and they get slapped around and I know Jaguar fans were real happy about that because it was almost like saying, well, wait, wait a minute, let me remind y'all of something. This is, this is a bad team. No, don't get it twisted. Um, he has to go. They have to start over fresh here. So yeah, there are a bunch of coaching candidates. And I was asking you before we started and I'll ask you on air right now. Is your boy Taylor safe up in Cincy? No, he shouldn't be. He should be gone. He, he should be out of here. And I wrote it last week uh,
0: on look my side. Look at us site. giving out and, pink
1: slips, man. Look at us.
0: Look, he, he's 4-24-1.
1: Yeah, that's bad.
0: <laughs> that's awful. And they've scored – guess how many points they've scored in the, the uh, third quarter since
1: week five? And that
0: includes a lot of Joe Burrow games, the third quarter since week five. And they have okay, an offensive so that, mind for head
1: coach. Okay, so that's uh, the third quarter. Since week five. Housekeeping. Since week five. Third quarter is adjustment time. That's, that's when, that's when yep. you come out of the locker room uh, where you've adjusted your game plan. Let's see. Um, I'm going to say since week five, that's been... We're entering week 15. Okay. Uh, I'm going to give them at least... I'm gonna give them seven points in those twelve weeks. Eighty-four. Eighty-four. Yeah, that's that's a touchdown. <laughs> I, that's
0: my man, that, no, that's fair. And that's that should be that's the expectation. That's a touchdown a quarter for each game. My man hasn't he hasn't scored a touchdown total. Wow. Six points. They have six points in the third quarter since week five. This is your offensive genius you hired. Yeah. This is the No, it's it's done. And I don't know if the Bengals are going to do that. I, I've heard murmurs that maybe they'll move on from some of their assistants and they'll give Zach Taylor some some new guys around him. But man, he's in danger of being four twenty seven and one in his first two seasons. That's, that's like fair. Hugh Jackson was in Cleveland and they gave him a third year and that didn't work out. So I think Zach Taylor should be out. We'll see if it happens. But you know, I mean, there, there are a lot of jobs. I mean, Houston is going to be open. I think that's attractive with Deshaun Watson. You mentioned. Jacksonville, obviously, I think that's going to be an attractive one. We assume with Justin Fields,
1: the Chargers, the, the Chargers, Anthony is a good man, but uh, they're about sick of him out there. Trust me.
0: Yep. I, and,
1: I, I pay attention to locked on charges all the time. And when we did the crossover, they're about done with him, bro.
0: Trust me. In Los Angeles, you have a quarterback like Herbert. You can yeah. get, you talk about big names. You'll be able to get one of the, the top coaches for sure coach justin herbert so yeah there are
1: uh dallas yeah. if if they, oh, if they I, I don't know i know oh. it but if he if he if jerry swallows his you know ego a little bit and do what's right they'll probably they need another coach so look at let's look at some of the hot coaches i know some of the names that have been uh mentioned around here of course you always go where winners are and that's Eric Eric Enemy's name has been mentioned a lot in kansas city Lately, because of the development of Josh Allen and the way that they played, Brian Dabo, the offensive coordinator in Buffalo, has been mentioned. Uh, Robert Sala. Robert Sala, the defense coordinator with the San Francisco 49ers, losing uh, Bosa uh, for the, the year and still being able to generate pass rush. Those are three names. We've got some more, but let's talk about those three guys. What do you think about those guys? Eileen bien out of the three. Uh, I think he's –
0: He's a former NFLer, so the moment he walks into a room, he commands respect from the players. That's just – that's the reality of it. And he's shown – and I get it, Patrick Mahomes you know, can help you with this, but he's shown the ability to adjust. And, and I know some are like, oh, well, Andy Reid calls the plays. Man, the enemy has his hand in all of that. And, and he's calling plays too, so I, I don't want to hear it. The thing that I've heard about him, and I don't know if it's true, but the thing I've heard about him – because a lot of people are like, well, why the hell hasn't he been hired already? Is I've heard, and I could believe this because he's a former player and because he might be blunt, is that he's not the best interviewer, and he might be very direct. And, And I don't know exactly what it is, but I've heard that the interviews haven't gone well. And you know who that reminds me of? That reminds me of Mike Zimmer, because for years and years and years, he was getting head coaching interviews when he was with the Bengals, and he interviewed for the Browns, he interviewed for multiple jobs, and I think he was really blunt in interviews and didn't just dress it up all nicely. <laughs> and in uh, teams didn't like that, you know, teams don't like that necessarily in interviews. And then he goes to Minnesota and obviously is having success despite what Vikings fans think. I think he's a damn good coach. So I, I could see Bienemy enemy having success wherever he goes. And-, and maybe that's part of why he hasn't gotten a job, but I, I think this is the year, you know, he's, he's coaching the MVP. And in- Patrick Mahomes, I, I think b enemy stands out and is probably the number one coach that is going to, or a coaching candidate that doesn't have head coaching experience
1: you know what though it, it kills me interviews don't score touchdowns right or Agreed. get first downs and the whole doesn't call plays thing you know how many guys that have gotten jobs under andy reed andy reid has been calling plays his whole career right and daryl bevel didn't call plays and um marty morningwig didn't call plays and doug peterson didn't call plays under andy Reid, and he's won a super bowl and Matt Nagy didn't call plays, and Frank Reich, when he worked for Doug Peterson and Andy Reid, he didn't call plays. You know, people are real choosy about who they decide should get jobs based on who didn't call plays, and they need to stop that foolishness because when you call them out on it, they want to say that you're being, oh, don't bring that stuff up, but that's wrong to do that. I'm going to name some other guys that have been mentioned here in Jacksonville. Urban Meyer's name came up, and that's because some of these teams need organizational big fish type guys that have been CEOs of, of of stuff. Urban Meyer's name came up. Ryan Day's name has come up. And Ryan Day's name has come up, obviously, because, well, if you're picking second and you might take Justin Fields, why not get his coach too? That type mm-hmm. of deal. And he's also a big guy who's run a, a big CEO type. He's been a CEO of a big, a big deal. Two other guys, Brian, uh, Brian Schottenheimer, the offense coordinator of Seattle, and Arthur Smith. And there's a theme here, guys that have done a really good job developing young quarterbacks that run the Mike uh, Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan, West Coast offense, Arthur Smith and Brian Schottenheimer are both guys that have done that. And be enemy, like you said, with, um, with uh, Andy Reid and, of course, uh, Patrick Mahomes. There's a theme here. It's coach, quarterback. You notice that? Mm-hmm. Coach, yep. quarterback. You look at all the successful teams in the league, it's coach, quarterback, So, you know, it's not necessarily play caller. Can I give you a name? Go ahead. And it is a play caller. And it's a
0: a young guy. Joe Brady. Brady. And I think it's Sean McVay. I think he's the next Sean McVay. It wasn't Zach Taylor like the Bengals were hoping. It wasn't any of these other offensive minds over the past couple of years. You're right. It's Joe Brady. Mm -hmm. I love Joe Brady. I I think – and maybe he isn't ready, right? You you do have to interview him and see if he's ready and, and talk to him. But here's what I see. I see a guy who worked in New Orleans, who took that and became the passing game coordinator and turned Joe Burrow into the Heisman Trophy winner and maximized him. And then the very next year, after a quick rise and going 15-0 and with the Tigers, he goes to Carolina. He's their offensive coordinator. And I don't necessarily think they're um, a, a quality roster by any stretch but he's getting a lot out of Teddy Bridgewater. They haven't had Christian McCaffrey all year. They're still making it work with Mike Davis at running back. And uh, Robbie Anderson, you know, he, he struggled at times with the Jets. Well, he ain't struggling no more, not in Carolina. And you got DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel. Heck, man, if, if I'm a, a team that's going to draft a, maybe not New York with Trevor Lawrence, but draft a Justin Fields, draft one of these other guys, Wilson, heck, maybe even Joe Burrow in Cincinnati, right? Why wouldn't you want Joe Brady? leading the show. I I think he's a guy that certainly deserves interviews. I don't know if he's ready to go, but I think he at this stage right now is more accomplished and and, and more ready, at least on paper than Zach Taylor was for sure. Than maybe even Sean McVay was And, and Sean McVay, obviously has had a ton of success in Los Angeles.
1: Yeah. And McVay's dad, you know, he was sort of a big time guy. He's probably been around his whole life, but yeah, you're right. I think you have to look at each individual situation. I think in Jacksonville it's been such a circus that they need uh they need leadership. They need an admiral, admirable. An admiral if you will, someone to navigate uh the ship. All right, so what we're going to do is we're going to take a look at uh playoff contenders and pretenders in the in the the next segment. We got some teams, man, that are making some noise. One of them, I think has made some noise from the NFC East recently. And I think they have the coach of the year. We'll do that here on a Wednesday edition of locked on NFL with James and Tony in just a second here on a Wednesday locked on NFL.
0: We talk about it all the time. Built bars are the number one protein bar on the planet. We love them. And it's not just their amazing taste or their 18 great flavors, camel brownie, cookies and cream, maybe one of the throwback flavors. My personal go-to is the mint brownie. It's not just that. It is the macros. You're talking about a protein-packed bar covered in 100% chocolate, and it's low in sugar. It's going to fit whatever macros, whatever diet plan you're on. You're trying to get that 2021 summer bod. Built Bar can help you get there. Go there right now. Check them out at builtbar.com. They're healthy, protein-packed, Low in sugar. And the best part right now, since you're listening to Locked On NFL, you're going to get 20% off. Go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code Locked On, and you're going to get 20% off your next order. Again, use promo code Locked On for 20% off at BuiltBar.com.
1: All right, welcome back on a Wednesday uh, here on Locked On NFL with James Rapine of Locked On Bengals, Tony Wiggins of Locked On Jaguars. I'm going to give you a friendly reminder that on tomorrow, on Thursday, around the Locked On Podcast Network, you have your crossover edition. That is where the teams from around the league that play games this weekend, you'll have both hosts from those respective games giving you crossover editions. Well, they just sit and talk about uh, the game and go kind of go behind the enemy lines and give you guys a heads up on what you can expect from that weekend's matchup. It's a chance for you to get to know the locked on hosts from the other teams, uh, from the opponents and, uh, a chance for you to know some of the guys from around the network, funny, quirky people, man. I tell you, especially guys like Ross Jackson with locked on saints and, uh, <laughs> yeah. Funny guys, man. I'm telling you, man. You, I mean, uh, Cody, my man, Cody Rourke with locked on Broncos. These guys are, are funny. Peter Bukowski, Peter Bukowski. Of course. He also hosts the locked on NFL show on Monday, man. So check them out, man. Uh, all across the Locked On Podcast Network. And, of course, you can subscribe here uh, to Locked On NFL also on all of your platforms. All right, James, we were talking about playoff contenders and pretenders. Somebody – we were joking that somebody had to win what we were calling the NFC least. We stopped calling it that because these teams had stepped up and won some games. Look at the Eagles and the Redskins now knocking off playoff teams. The Redskins now – with. I'm sorry, they're not the Redskins anymore. My apologies, and if to anybody who I offended with that, it's just a 50-year-old habit that I have to break. How about the Washington Football Team? How about that? Oof. The Washington Football Team are knocking off people, beating people that are not supposed to beat Chase Young, a guy from up your way, is raising all kinds of sand and and making himself uh, worthy of that number two pick. They beat Pittsburgh. And they they started out one and five, bro. They're gonna end up eight and eight, I believe. They they have three games left, and they're gonna win two of them. I think they're gonna win the division.
0: I hope so because it would it would be a great story, one for Alex Smith, right? I, you talk about uh, that aspect of it, and I think he was gonna win comeback player of the year anyway. But I didn't want it to just be handed to him, and I know that sounds bad. But he, he's obviously earning it, and he's playing at a high level. And we led this show with, with coaches and coaching candidates. Well, Ron Rivera wasn't really on the market long last year, and he took that Washington job, and we were like, why the hell is he going to Washington? And I don't know what he saw or what. Here's what I do know. that I mean, they're still looking for a GM in Washington, but they found their head coach. Yes, they and, did. And we could talk about, you know, McVay and what he did and Joe Brady and quarterback coach and all that stuff. But if I'm a guy like Marvin Lewis, I'm thanking Ron Rivera because he's, he's reminding the rest of the league, hey, you can hire a defensive coach and still win in 2020 and beyond. And Rivera's done a hell of a job. I mean, think about it. He, he battled in you know cancer during this season and, and during training camp with everything going on with COVID, with uh, injuries to, to his quarterback and a, a young quarterback that hasn't worked out but might be thrown back in there in Haskins. And, uh, yeah, I, I think that Washington – it's, uh, it's a good story, and so I, I don't necessarily think they're going to make a deep playoff run or anything like that, but they, uh, they certainly have the horses in the trenches on defense, and they, they do just enough on offense, and they do have two fun, really fun skill players. Tony, you know, Terry McLaurin's a, a game player.. Yeah. I love him yeah. from Ohio State, and then Antonio Gibson from Memphis. I, I like his game as well.
1: I, I'm going to tell you something, man. We often talk about when you have coaching, hiring, that you know, we mentioned those coaches in, in the first segment. teams and, and fan bases love to win the press conference, but you have to worry about who's going to win you games. Ron Rivera is leadership personified, and it 's not because of what he 's gone through in his personal life uh, with cancer. that 's just who he 's always been. He 's he's, he, he's like the deacon in the church. he's like your uncle that doesn't play. The one that you can't, you know, slip up around that makes you make sure you wash your hands before you go in the refrigerator. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. He's just the guy that commands respect. And there's a certain reverence that guys have around him. And you can tell when Ron Rivera is is talking on TV, I kind of sit up straight in my chair and I'm 51 years old. (laughs) And it's like (laughs) that to me, that stuff resonates with with young men and players. And I think more teams can learn from that, and that's why when we talk about guys like Marvin Lewis and Jim Caldwell, teams need to understand that you can win with leaders and leadership and don't try to make the sexy hire. I think he's the coach of the year. They're 6-7, and bro. They were 1-5 and at one point. And you're right. Give credit to Jack Del Rio, too, uh, with what he's done with them defensively. They get after the quarterback without blitzing, with with rushing four people led by Chase Young and, and Montez Sweat up front and two defensive tackles from Alabama. They play so hard. They're the type of team that Buffalo was two years ago. You don't want to play them in the first round mm-hmm. of the playoffs because they are hard out for anybody. The year Jacksonville in 2017, when they went on that run, when they beat Pittsburgh and they mm-hmm. – almost beat New England, they barely beat Buffalo in round one. And that's when you saw that Buffalo was on their way. And now Buffalo two years later, two or three years later, they're 10-3, and three. but you saw it then, and they were in their infant stage, but Buffalo was on their way. And I think Washington is on their way, and they're what Buffalo was a few years back.
0: And really the only thing they are missing is that, that long-term answer at quarterback, what do they do there? You know, do the Lions move on from Matthew Stafford this offseason? That would be an interesting one, right? Can you get a veteran in there? You know, Cam's a free agent, and I know people are down on him right now. But who knows? Maybe that's who they they look at. So I I agree with you. And and as far as Coach of the Year, it's either him or – I'm going to throw another one out there. I think Kevin Stefanski deserves a lot of credit. Yes, yes. For what he's done. And what a fun game that was on Monday night, right? That was was a wild game to watch. But uh, I think Stefanski – For years and years and years, the Browns needed a grown-up, and they got one, in Stefanski, and he's really handling business. And uh, that's not knocking their old coaches. There's just a lot of dysfunction in there, and Andrew Barry and Kevin Stefanski have brought some uh, stability to that franchise.
1: Quickly, Ross uh, Ross Jackson asked us a question on Twitter yesterday because I keep jinxing people. I did it again last week, by the way. Uh, Mm -hmm. I I can't remember who it was, but I bragged about somebody. I think it was Cleveland. I bragged about Cleveland and they lost last night, but Green Bay, you believe them or do they need to put some sand in their pocket? Because I just think as soon as somebody punches Green Bay in the stomach, they're going to fold up like they always do.
0: And that's the problem. That's the problem is you're going to see teams in the NFC that can do that, that are going to bring that. And if you can get the Rogers, and we saw this with a team like Tampa Bay, right? Who I actually – I'll make a declaration on them in a second, but yeah, I I think that green Bay that they're for example, the saints, I think the saints can be physical with the the green Bay, even if they have to go on the road, the Rams, I don't think the Packers want it with the Rams. And, and even let's say it flips and somehow Washington has to go to Lambeau uh, or no, they wouldn't have to go to Lambeau because they'd win the division, but let's just say a team like Washington or Seattle, those type of teams could take out green Bay. So it's going to be tough. In the NFC, there to uh, uh, to get past. So yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I think Green Bay they they're just a lot like last year. Rogers is better, but the record's about the same. And when you're physical with them, and you can get the Rodgers, uh, not to say that they, they can't make a run to the Super Bowl because of course they can. But I, I do think that they lack uh, an edge rusher or two, and they're going to have to be able to stop the run. And, and some of the teams that they've that they could see the Rams, the Saints, the Seahawks. They're gonna be able to make plays and be physical.
1: In the AFC, it looks like it's the Chiefs, even though they they stumble and bumble against Miami the other day and they look inconsistent. I I think in a one game scenario, if Patrick Mahomes plays like he did the other day and there's one team in the NFL in the Super Bowl, they're in the AFC, they're in the NFC, that could force him to make those plays where he does boneheaded things and tries to get away and takes the 30 yard sack. I do believe that they're the team, if you're going to put money on it, you, better, you bet on them because they, they can get ahead of you and they can come back from behind. I'm going to pick a team to win the Super Bowl right now. Right now I'm going to pick a team to win the Super Bowl because there's one team I think that could beat the Chiefs. Okay. The team that can beat the Chiefs is the team that can cover Tyreek Hill one-on-one with one player, and that has one player on the defensive line that will chase and bother Patrick Mahomes all day long. Who do you think that team is? They have one Rams. guy, the Rams. They can cover Tyreek Hill one-on-one with Jalen Ramsey. Mm-hmm. And Aaron Donald will be a nightmare for Patrick Mahomes. I think the Los Angeles Rams are going to win the Super Bowl. I was thinking. I, I was thinking, and I was trying to go through your description. And
0: defensively, I, I'm with you. Here would be my pushback on that. You trusted Jared Goff? Nope. And that's <laughs> the scary part. You know, that, that's that But I part. do
1: trust Cam Akers. And what he's turned into Mm -hmm. because you take it away from golf he's become very patient as a runner and i like the way the offensive line played the other day and i think when you take it out of his hand a little bit and you trust that running back and now the play action starts to work with cup being healthy and with robert woods that's what i trust i trust that part of it the fact that they can run the ball again i could see it no there's no doubt i could see that and and that's that
0: defense, if you have Donald playing the way he is, and I think Ramsey's reestablishing himself as the best corner in the game this year. Yes. Because you know, I think there was some doubt, and, and he's kind of showing it. I agree with you. I agree with you that they could certainly give the Chiefs fits. Um, there, there is a team that, man, the talent on paper, and I don't know what the issue is, and I, I, I hate to do this. We're on the coaching theme today. So I, I think I'm going to blame the coach because he deserves it because there's talent all over the damn field. I, I've, I've referred to it a couple times. I don't know what the hell is going on with Tampa Bay. They had a bye week and they look like trash against the Vikings. And if Dan Bailey could kick a damn kick, you know, make a couple field goals here and there extra point here and there, that would have been a different game on Sunday. I don't get it because I I see Tom Brady. He's still throwing bombs and hitting Scotty Miller in stride, you know, in, in the end zone. He's got all these weapons all over the field they have a, you talk about defensive line and, and, guys that can get after the passer they have that they have a hard inning secondary and good linebackers I'm, I'm like what else does Bruce Arians want you have a hall of fame quarterback you have weapons and they just they're not buttoned up enough for me so like for like for example the Rams I think Sean McVay is going to have his guys ready to go each and every week yep and I don't know if that's going to be the case of Tampa Bay even though Tampa Bay has more talent than the Rams Tampa Bay has They're the second or third most talented team in the league. Like I shouldn't be ruling them out now, but I just, I don't think they're disciplined enough to win four straight, which is what you're going to have to do if you don't have the buy. And obviously they don't. I think a Sean McVay-led team, obviously an Andy Reid-led team, if they don't somehow get the bye, uh, those, those teams can do that. And, and, and the, the Buccaneers, they're inconsistent. I think that's a reflection of their head coach.
1: And, and two weeks ago, not even two weeks ago, the Rams and the Bucs played. And when I watched the game, I thought the Rams, if they played 10 times in a row, the Rams will beat them every time. That's the game Cam Akers ran for 177
0: yards. And it was it was so weird because all year I've been waiting for this offense to click and click and click, and I'm a big Brady believer. I still think he's really damn good, and, and I like him, and you know, in the big playoff moments and stuff like that. And I know he struggled at times this year. I get that. But even if he's playing real – I just don't think he can overcome how undisciplined and, and just – I mean, they start games like it's the preseason. Like, it doesn't matter. and We're talking about week
1: 14. Right. Makes no sense. Makes no sense at all to me. i tell you what else doesn't make sense, and we're going to segue this into our draft portion of the show. What else doesn't make sense is the lack of pass rushers appears that it appears is in this year's uh, – in, in the 2021 NFL draft. And then those pass rushers that are in the draft, they opted out. And I remember uh, – the GM for Pittsburgh, Kevin Colbert, he, he, you know, they not because those guys opted out is from a character standpoint, but the fact that you don't, you 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 didn't see guys for a whole year, well, it really hurts the evaluation process. And seeing what the guy we just mentioned, Chase Young, seeing what he's done, we just mentioned Aaron Donald, his importance. He's so important on I'm picking the Rams to win the Super Bowl. Pass rushers are a premium, and if for as much as we talk about the high-end quarterbacks that are in this draft, we're going to discuss the fact that there aren't very many pass rushers. So we're going to look at a few of the pass rushers that are in the draft and talk about some teams that are thirsty for a pass rusher and how important it is for those teams to get one. And we'll do that in just a second here on Locked On NFL. All right, welcome back on a Wednesday edition of Locked On NFL. I'm going to do a quick draft segment for you. We're going to talk about pass rushers. Of course, for years – James, they talked about the – they used to talk uh, talk about the fabulous five positions, and then it turned into six. Mm-hmm. It was quarterback, got to block for a quarterback in the left tackle, got to rush the quarterback in the pass rusher. It was the cornerback. Then it was the wide receiver. Those were the five. Then they kind of changed that to the center. Remember the center because he was real important for line calls. I think you have to add right tackle and middle linebacker and free safety. So, you know what? To heck with it. All the positions are important now. I just, I just pretty much said, how about all 22? They're all, they're all important now, you know, even though people try to devalue running backs. But when you look at this year's draft, you always come into the draft and say, okay, where are the quarterbacks and where are the guys that chase the quarterbacks? We talked about Chase Young. I don't think there's a Chase Young in this draft, James. There isn't. there isn't there's nothing
0: even close to it because if there was then I think there would be a debate and it wouldn't be Trevor Lawrence Justin Fields necessarily one two it would be damn did you see Chase Young and what he's doing in Washington and, and the impact he's had during this stretch from essentially week 11 through week 14 where he's got them back in into it and it's not just him but he's certainly a huge part of that defense and that's the game. I mean, th- that's really the name of the game. Can you, one, get a quarterback, two, protect him, three, get to the other team's quarterback? And if you can do those things, then you have a shot. And it- it's much easier said than done, right? right. And it, it is going to be much easier said than done to find the the top high-end pass rushers in this draft. And I, I don't think there's going to be one that has that Chase Young level of impact and that's okay that's not an insult right I mean he right. came in with high expectations and he's delivered and there aren't many guys like him and that's what was unique last year I think that's why there was a real dilemma for those top teams and ultimately why he went ahead of a Justin Herbert I mean how much would Washington like let's think back now how much would they like Justin Herbert to a has uh guided the, the the Miami Dolphins right now and he's still he's playing pretty well so I think that that's a testament, and the Bengals did look at Chase Young for what it's worth, even though they drafted Burrow. So that's a testament to how dominant Young was, even though it was a really good quarterback draft.
1: Right. I know the Bengals were tempted, especially since he's right there. They could get on a bicycle and go watch him play every week. So they had to be tempted, but they also had to have uh, the leadership, and, and I understand that. The one guy that sticks out, uh, and I saw him play first because I'm a Seminole supporter here. I love Florida State. Gregory Russo, Absolutely. I think the quarterback, uh, it was probably James Blackman or a kid that transferred last year from Wisconsin. Gregory Rousseau is probably still like the Candyman in their dreams. I mean, he, I think he had four sacks in the game last year against Florida State. He opted out this year and he didn't play. If you want to watch tape of Gregory Rousseau, go back and look at the two, 2019 film. He's number 15. He looks like a basketball player. Gregory Rousseau's uh 6'6, extremely long arms. He's kind of built like Jason Pierre Paul, and he's very, very athletic. Some people think that if he adds a little weight, he'll end up being a guy like Julius Peppers. And the problem is Gregory Rousseau didn't play a lot of football. And he, you know, he he was a he wasn't a five star type recruit the way Chase Young was. The thing is, is by him opting out, you don't get a chance, or you didn't get a chance to really see him this year. The good thing is he saved the wear and tear on his body. He's probably been working out and preparing just for the NFL. I think for a guy like Russo, the combine is going to be extremely important for him and the private workouts. But if there is a guy that's going to creep into that top six, top seven, that's who it is. I agree. No,
0: I, I totally agree because of the potential. You look at him and, and I mean you could just and for those if you're listening, you're not driving right now, just Google him. R-O-U-S-S-E-A-U. For those who don't know. And in the moment you see him, and the number 15 is different. He looks like like if I told you this is the a top five tight end in this yeah. class, you'd be like, damn, yeah. like he's stacked. Like he's that type of athlete, and you could tell, and he, he almost looks like uh, you know, a bigger DK Metcalf almost. And, right. and so that's the thing if, and it's going to be hard this off season, you know, with the combine and how it goes with COVID. And I don't know how it's going to be, but even though he opted out, I, I think he probably knew, all right, I'm going to be in this range. I'm certainly a first rounder and, and I could see him creeping up there because there's such a need for pass rusher. And, and you look at some of these teams, you, you don't think Dallas could use, and they're drafting fourth overall, a, a high-end pass rusher. You don't think some of the, you know, these teams, the Eagles are probably going to draft in the top 10. The Falcons certainly could use a high-end pass rusher. They're going to draft in the top 10. I think they're sixth right now. It, it, there are plenty of teams that would love a guy like that that maybe isn't going to have the impact on day one that a young is going to have, and maybe never gets to be that, but is a capable player that's going to take snaps right away and make an impact and, and develop into a, a really good player and maybe even a pro bowler. And again, you look at him and it's like, Whoa, he, he certainly passes the I'm getting off the bus test. Right. Like the, the get off the bus test. That's a, that's a guy that certainly does that.
1: Yeah. He has a, he has a Carlos, a young Carlos Dunlap look to him. Sure. Yeah. Yep. yeah. I, I, and I think he's taller than Carlos actually. So. Yeah, he is uh, a guy from up your way. I didn't see a lot of him. Uh, He doesn't really play with his hand on the ground much. He's projected as an outside linebacker in a three, four. How about Michael Parsons from Penn state?
0: Yeah. And and, and up my way, I was like, wait, where are you going with this? Yeah. Uh, (laughs) It's, it's a, uh, another option here. And and that's the thing is, is maybe these guys aren't going to be, and you want to talk about eyeball tests and he's another one with a weird number 11, by the way. Yeah. Um, Big time
1: uh, recruit too. No doubt because he almost came to Florida
0: and and I I think he'll probably go top 15. Like, I I think he's that, that next tier, like you'll have the quarterback wave and Penny Sewell and uh, maybe a a wide receiver or two, maybe the, the, the tight end from Florida and Kyle Pitts, And then I could see Parsons right in there. I mean, the same thing. I mean, without knowing everything yet, I mean, could you see an eight to 15 in that range And, and there might be a team that like his experience more than Rousseau, and go that way like hey he's played in the big 10 he's an all-american he's experienced he can hit the ground running and maybe they go that route maybe he doesn't have the the ceiling necessarily that that summer you know because he's not six seven and he doesn't have the measurables and maybe all that but yeah i mean you look at him and and his production it's certainly there i've seen
1: i've seen a lot of uh projections with him going to miami and playing oh. for Brian Flores. It's a perfect I would
0: love to go to Miami right now. <laughs> yeah,
1: being one of those Patriot type players, being one of those guys, you know, the, the Dante Hightower slash Chandler Jones where you, you can play up, play down, um Julian Peterson type. You know, that you know just just sort of a blend of a mm-hmm. four guy that can run in space. As well as rush the passer in a situational, so I've seen a lot of that. I, you know, I've seen a whole lot of him being able to go to Miami, but um, and they have two first round picks. The last guy, and I, and I, I got a pick. My man Carter speaks, Chris Carter uh, of Locked On Steelers about him, and I saw him play firsthand, and he terrorized my Seminoles this year. It's an edge rush, edge rusher out of uh, Pittsburgh, and if you watch the Pit Panthers play, you'll know him because he has the long dreadlocks hanging out of his helmet. His name is Patrick Jones II, and he's right now picked to go 20th. He's, he's the third guy in the first round in the mock draft I'm looking at. He's picked to go to Indy, and right now Indy has been killing it in terms of getting defensive players uh, in the draft. Patrick Jones is about 6'4", maybe 6'4 half, 6'5", about 265, and he's another one of those long-arm specialists that you can find in a draft and in the first round. I don't know if you've seen him play. This kid is lightning, though. I have
0: I've seen him a little bit, not a ton. I'm not gonna lie to you, but I, I agree with you that he's another one of those first round guys that you're gonna see. And it's interesting because it's not just him at Pittsburgh either. You got Rashad Weaver, who's probably gonna yes. be a second rounder. Right. I, I would assume certainly a day two guy. So you, you got two guys that, that Pittsburgh's gonna unleash here and uh that's the thing. Hey, hey, where did Aaron Donald come from again, yep. by the way?
1: Yep. Yep, oh, okay,
0: so, so that's right. So, you, you know, it, it, and I remember when he got drafted, I believe it was 13th overall. Some were like, ooh, that, you, you taking a, you know, someone from Pittsburgh that, are, yeah, you are. And it, it worked out really well. So, you know, hopefully Patrick Jones can, you know, he's maybe not going to be Aaron Donald. No. But, uh, you know, hopefully he can uh, be as productive or be really productive in, in the NFL as well. And, and, and that's the thing is you got these guys, like the guys we're talking about, they're not on the, you know, the upside or the ceiling of Young. Right. But they can still really make an impact and help your 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 pass rush NFL fans. So, and so, so thing, if, they, if that's the worry, they can still do that.
1: And the thing about it is if you get these guys, you settle that position for a long, long time. And that's the thing about it. You know, they're not like running backs where, you know, you got to get everything you can out of them for as long – you settle that position in that side of the field for a long time when you hit on it. When you see these young pass rushers in the NFL, these young guys, they don't fizzle out. You know, you, you very rarely see them get banged up or get hurt. Normally, when you see a young pass rusher flash early on in his career, he's good for a very long time. And it's, it's a position that you really don't have to worry about. Quick Aaron Donald story. Jameis Winston in his first career start against Pittsburgh the year he won the Heisman. He went 27 for 28. For like 400 yards. <laughs> and, he wasn't, and he wasn't the best player on the field. It was Aaron Donald. <sighs> James Winston went 27 for 28 for like 400 yards and four touchdowns, and he was not the best. I left thinking, and I'm a Florida State supporter, I left thinking like, who the hell was that defensive tackle? Because he couldn't be blocked. And that's the year FSU won the national championship. It was unreal. So that's the kind of impact these guys could have. James has been fun, man, on a Wednesday, man. So uh, you guys can follow along and make sure that you listen and and support us uh, by subscribing on uh, all platforms, as well as uh, just follow along on Spotify. Bring people along and, and follow on Google Podcasts, as well as Apple and iTunes, and you can catch us here every day on locked on NFL because it's your team every day. And that's what we do until next Wednesday uh, for Tony Wiggins and James Rapine and locked on NFL. We'll see you next time.